the Bible study tonight, the elect of the arrived. Welcome everyone to the presence of the Lord. Tonight, by the help of the Holy Spirit, I will conclude the spiritual gift called working of miracles. I'll do a quick recap as usual, and then we will move forward. I got my title, the title of this series, directly from 1 Corinthians and chapter 12. And we were, we're going to read that, and then I'll go over some of the things, of course not everything that I shared in the weeks past, and then we move forward. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and from verse 1. Paul the Apostle, by the Spirit of God, wrote, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. And I got my title directly from that. Now concerning spiritual gifts. That has been the title of the series for a number of weeks now. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. Ye know that ye were Gentiles, carried away unto these dumb idols, even as ye were led. Wherefore, I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed, and that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord but by the Holy Ghost. Now, there are diversities of gifts. But the same spirit, i like you to say with me, diversities of gifts. But the same spirit. And there are differences of administrations. Yeah, so say that, difference of administrations. But the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations. But it is the same God that works all in all. Now, I want you to pay particular attention to this phrase that Apostle Paul spoke by the Holy Ghost here. He said, it is the same God that works all in all. God is working in us. And I want you to say, because I want you to carry that consciousness with you tonight, God is working in me. All right. Say it this way. God is working in me now. Yeah. I want you to carry that consciousness with you. To be conscious of the fact that God is working in you and is working in you right now. Now, this gift of the Spirit, we're going to list them now. Each of them is a manifestation of God on the inside of an ordinary person. The supernatural God working on the inside of an ordinary person. So each of them is supernatural in nature. They are not normal, regular talents and gifts. They are manifestations of God. That is, when God looks at you and chooses 
by his spirit to work through you. To flow into another person. Whether to bring healing or to bring some kind of help or to bring direction. Or to reveal something. It is God. So it is not you at that moment. It is God who is working in you. Now, I want to quickly preempt myself. One of the greatest virtues that a Christian can have, can possess, is humility. Somebody say humility. God will give more grace to the humble. God resists the proud. When God works through you, you must understand that it is not you. You are not the healer. You are not the miracle worker. You are not a miracle worker. So you give credit to the source. In fact, Jesus never took credit for any of the miracles that happened in his ministry. Even Jesus, the son of God. He said it very clearly in John 14, 10. Don't you believe that I'm in the Father and the Father is in me? At least for the work's sake. He said, the words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he does the works. Jesus made it clear. I'm not the one doing the works. All of the miracles, the multiplying of the, the bread and fish, the raising of the dead, the recovery of sight to the blind, the whatever you see. Jesus do. He said, I never did any of those things and I'm not doing them by myself. It is the Father that dwelleth in me who does the works. So when you want to praise him, when the people wanted to praise him, he said, hey, the Father that is in me does the works. The Father in me. The Father in me. The Father in me. In fact, he said, the words that I speak, I speak not of myself. Can somebody help me control the children and bring my daughter here? I, uh, I'm sorry. I just, don't, I, just, I just don't like to be distracted. The one that works in us is God. So when God is doing anything through you, you must understand that it is God who is at work. It is not you. So you don't, you don't give the credit to yourself. You don't arrogate the credit to yourself. You may pray for, for maybe the dead and they even come back to life. Don't let people turn you to the Messiah. Because the natural tendency is that people will almost begin to worship you. Ah! He raised the dead. Now, you didn't raise the dead. Three gifts go into raising the dead. Usually, you have the gift of special faith, which receives a miracle, receives that spirit back into that body. You have the gift of the working of miracles, which raises that person back to life. Then you have the gifts of healings, which corrects whatever anomalies led to the death of that person. There is not one of these gifts that is traceable to a man being the source. Each of these gifts are called gifts of the spirit. Can I have an amen to that? So they are traceable back to the Holy Spirit, back to God. God is the source. Are you with me tonight? Please bring her here, right here. I want to be looking at her here. 
So, um, I'm going to read from verse 8, right here. Maybe she's going to be a preacher in the future. But I will show you Pepe tonight. So, when you grow up and become a preacher, you know what it means. Okay. So, um, verse 7. We stopped at verse 6 because of the very important statement that Paul the Apostle made. You better listen to me because you're going to tell me everything that I'm saying. All right? Failure to do that, Pepe. But, <laughs> hallelujah, verse 6. It says that there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God that worketh all in all. Now, God works in us. Can I have an amen to that? I, I want us to carry that consciousness with us, that God works in us. So, we are not living an ordinary life, even though we are ordinary in ourselves. But we carry a supernatural God on the inside, which now puts us in a category where we are no longer ordinary. And that should not make us proud. That should make us humble enough to recognize that, hey, I'm not the one doing all the good works. You see good works in my life, praise God, but there is a source where that is coming from, and that is God. In Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20, the, the, the word of God tells us, now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ever ask or think according to the power that works in us. So there is a power that works in us. It is the power of God. And listen, church, it doesn't just work in the pastor. It works in every single one of us. Can I have an amen? So deploy the power. Don't watch people die around you needlessly. Don't watch people suffer around you needlessly. You carry the power to help them. We are created unto good works. Glory be to God. We are to show forth the praise of him who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. So I, I wanted to point your attention to that. Now, let's go to verse 7. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit without. Again, notice, he didn't say, I, I naturally would assume that Paul the Apostle would say, but the manifestation of the gift of the Spirit. But no. He didn't say the manifestation of the gift of the Spirit. He said the manifestation of the Spirit. In other words, when you see the word of knowledge manifest, what is that? The Holy Spirit. Amen? When you see the word of wisdom, boom! Who do you see? The Holy Spirit. When you see the gifts of healings, who do you see? The Holy Spirit. When you see prophecy, who do you see? The Holy Spirit. When you see uh, uh, the gift of special faith, who do you see? The Holy Spirit. When you see the working of miracles, who do you see? The Holy Spirit. Whether from the Old Testament or the New Testament, it is the Holy Spirit. All of these nine gifts. It says the manifestation of the Spirit. That's why I said we shouldn't have church without the gifts of the Holy Spirit. If you, if you have a church where you're not having this gift in manifestation, it means that's just a social gathering. Because in the social gathering, you probably don't just need the gift of the Holy Spirit. You just need a natural talent to run things. But in a church service, the word of wisdom should flow. Word of knowledge should flow. 
The gift of healing should flow. The working of miracles should, should happen. Amen? Can I have an amen to that? So these are manifestations of the Spirit. How many of you would like the Holy Spirit to manifest through you? And you want that every day. I mean every day. Praise God. We have to be very humble. And learn to always give the glory to him, the source. And if you're hungry for these nine gifts, he will use you. Somebody passes out in your room, in school, maybe in your hostel. Everybody is thrown into a pandemonium. People running helter-skelter, not knowing what to do. And you are there as a believer. Remember, there is a power that works in you. The power is in you. God in you. 1 John 4, 4 says, you are of God, little children, and I've overcome them. Because greater is he that is where? Where? Where is the greater one? Oh, in heaven, I guess. Oh, yes, he's in heaven, but are you sure he's in you? So what are you doing with the greater one you carry? Head knowledge. Yeah, you know, I'm a believer. I speak in tongues. I'm assistant pastor in my church. I coordinate the service. Even if pastor comes late, I'm the one that coordinates the service. Yeah, 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 yeah. Praise God, praise God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are you doing with all of that? You have power on the inside of you and somebody's dying around you and you can't help? Listen to me. You may not be there now, but a time is coming very soon. The demands will be on your life. When I say on your life, I don't mean that somebody wants to take your life. I mean, people will place demands on you regularly. Hello, big sis, you, you've got to pray right now. Like, you've got to pray right now, and you've got to pray. That time is coming. Those, you're chilling. Some of you are chilling now. And you don't have anybody calling you to say, pray for me. Excuse me. I'm blessed, amen. You might not have anybody saying, brother, you got to pray, but <clears throat> that day is coming. Wait for it. You better start now to understand what you carry on the inside of you and start deploying the power. It is very important to not forget that God is on the inside of you. This will even guide your affairs. It will help you conduct your life properly. When nobody's watching, what kind of movies do you watch? When nobody's there, what kind of conversations do you get engaged in? When you remember, when I remember that God is on my inside, will I make him comfortable with certain things that I like to, my flesh enjoys? Will God be comfortable? If I come to your house, will you be comfortable to play some movies while I'm around. Say, Pastor, let me entertain you. Now, some of your CDs, you probably go and hide under your bed because you don't want me to see them. Imagine God. This helps us to live responsible Christian lives. This helps us to understand that we are vessels in his hands and there are going to be demands on our lives and we are going to have to allow ourselves to be used of God to bring solution 
to the problems of humanity. Can I have an amen? Excuse me again. I think um, I'm blessed. Amen. Praise God. Okay, so let's go to verse 8 now. But to one is given by the Spirit, the word of wisdom to another, the word of knowledge, by the same Spirit. To another, faith. And this, the gift of special faith. By the same Spirit. To another, the gifts of healings. By the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, diverse kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. And verse 11, but all these worketh that one and the self-same spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. All right, so we already know that these gifts are nine in number, and they are categorized into three. But I always like to just quickly go over them because of the people who probably are here for the first time or watching online or listening for the first time. There are three categories of the gifts. Number one category, we have the gifts, the three of them that say something. We have, number two, the three of them that do something. And number three, the three of them that reveal something. Of the gifts that say something, they are called the utterance gifts. Um, we have the gift of prophecy. We have the gift of diverse kinds of tongues. And then we have the gift of interpretation of tongues. Those are the gifts, the three of them that say something. They are called utterance gifts. Those are the ones that we're going to treat last. Also, we have the three of them that do something. These are called the power gifts. In physics, power is the ability to do work. There are these gifts that are power gifts and we must covet them. We must covet all of them. These power gifts, if, it, if it's not operating in the church, the church will be powerless. That's the truth. We're just going to be speaking English. Like many churches today, God have mercy. People are dying and nobody is able to bring help. Nobody's able to bring succor. Nobody's able to bring a solution. And they just manage them, manage their church members until they die. And die and, and, and go wherever they go to. Now, we need this gift in operation. We thank God for medical doctors and what they can do. We do not disparage them. We do not speak about them disparagingly. But when we talk about the gifts of healings, we're not talking about medical science. We're not talking about the gifts of, you know, what man can do. We are talking about what is completely beyond the hands of man. We are talking about a miracle done in spite of any medical assistance. So when we talk about the power gifts, number one in that category is the gift of special faith. Number two in that category is the gift of the working of miracles. And number three is called the gifts of healings. The gift of special faith, we've talked about it, is not the same as general faith. There are four kinds of faith. Number one, we have the saving faith, we've talked about that, the one that came with the word and then you got born again. Romans 10, verses 9 and 10, and then Romans 10, 17, all right, and Ephesians 2, 8. The second kind of faith is the fruit of faith, and then we, sorry, the general faith, general faith now. General faith is one that is described also as the ever-increasing faith. Every believer has this. Having been born again, you have it. And it can be fed. It feeds on the word of God. From people, you know, who give themselves to the word, you see they are able to do certain things. 
Because they exercise their faith, they grow their faith, they feed fat their faith. Every man has the measure of this general faith. And that's found in Romans chapter 12 and verse 3. Every man has been given the measure of faith. Number three, we have the fruit of faith. And that's found in Galatians 5.22, which has also been interpreted in the Greek uh, manuscript in which the New Testament was written. The Old Testament was written in Hebrew, while the New Testament was written in Greek. In the Greek language in which the New Testament was written, the word translated faith in Galatians 5.22 is originally faithfulness. Like God is faithful, God is full of faithfulness, you know, etc., etc. Now, number four is the gift of special faith. Now, this is a supernatural impartation of the Holy Spirit. And the essence of that gift is not to do a miracle. The essence of that gift is to receive a miracle. When that gift is in operation in you, you will be able to believe God for anything. While others are shivering and shrinking back and they say, oh, that's, that's too much, that's too big to ask God for, you will be able to believe God for anything through the gift of special faith. It was the gift in operation in the life of Daniel. If you don't, uh, uh, well, if you act contrary to the directives of the king, then you don't want to act contrary to the directives of the king. You rather want to plead with the king. And say, king, please, oh, I, I'm not going to pray to my God because if I pray to my God, I'll be sent to the, to the lion's den. But you see, Daniel was able to believe God for supernatural protection. He was able to do that. Not everybody can do that. You rather write a letter and say, Dear king, is it to not pray to any other god for one month? I'm on holiday for one month. We're not talking about the cage of Rottweiler. We're not talking about the cage of Chihuahua. We're not talking about you going to a compound where there are Alsatian dogs. Even those ones, are, they, are, they are terrible, some of them. You know. We're talking about going to the lion's den. Um... That's bye-bye to life. But guess what? Daniel would not deny his God. So much faith. And the gift of special faith was in him. He received. He believed and he received supernatural protection. We didn't see him trying to work a miracle. He didn't work any miracle right there. He just received. What did he receive? Supernatural protection. Supernatural preservation. So in the midst of chaos, everybody running at a skelter, once that gift is in operation in you, you can receive. You can receive. They say, oh, cultists are all over the campus. They are shooting everywhere. They are destroying things. They are raping girls. And God knows honestly that there is no way to escape for you at that moment. Through the operation of that gift, you can receive supernatural protection. We've seen that happen again and again. The president. And you don't have to be a pastor to function in this gift. Next to that gift, is the working of miracles. And after that is the gifts of healings. Then the last three gifts are called the uh, gifts that um, say something, do something, reveal something. Revelation gifts. We've actually dealt with them. Number one is the word of wisdom. Number two is the word of knowledge. Number three is descending of spirit. Go and get all those messages. They will bless you. So tonight, I want to wrap up 
We are dealing with the power gifts. We started with the gift of faith, done and dusted. Now we're dealing with the working of miracles, and I want to wrap that up. Miracles in the old covenant, and then we're going to be looking at the new covenant tonight. So, in the old covenant, we had miracles of prote- uh, provision, supernatural provision. Oh, okay, thank you very much. Supernatural provision. Um, we saw in the ministry of Elijah, and we also saw that in the ministry of Elisha, who took over from him. Um, and I believe God gave us a word last week, gave us a word also two weeks ago. Second Kings chapter 2, 9 to 14, then First Kings 17, 12 to 16, we saw the miracles and, and um, especially in the area of provision. The gift of working of miracles was used to provide for those in want. First Kings 17, verses 12 to 16, and then we also saw that it terminated shame in the life of a widow um, whose husband died and who had death. The husband was a prophet, was one of the sons of the prophet, but the man had some debt to pay. He was owing, and it was an embarrassment, you know. But through the working of the gift of the working of miracles, we saw that Elisha was able to bring a miracle uh, to this woman. We have that in 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 1 to 7. And that was where um, Elisha told the woman to go and borrow vessels, borrow not to fill. And then she did that. And she had just a bottle of oil in her home. And all of the vessels, she borrowed all of the barrels. From one bottle of oil, she began to pour and pour and pour. And all of them got filled one after the other. And the, the oil didn't stop. The Bible makes it clear until the last vessel was filled up. If I was that woman, I would have borrowed like, how many vessels would you have borrowed if you were that woman? Every, every, everybody's vessel in town. That nobody would have any vessel at all. All right. Now, she did that. Excuse me. And then she had more than enough. She came to the prophet and said, well, the oil stopped after the last barrel was filled. What do I do? And the man of God said to her, go and sell it and pay off the debt and leave off on the rest. Now, that was supernatural provision. Don't think of three drums of oil. Don't even think of ten drums of oil. Think of hundreds of them. Because... They lived the rest of their days in prosperity. They had more than enough. Just one encounter. One encounter with the gift of the working of miracles, and they had more than enough. And I said last week, look, God knows we are here. God knows our situations. Some of us have financial challenges at the moment. God knows just one encounter with God will pay your bills. And won't just pay your bills, will take care of every other thing. Will take care of you for the rest of this year. One job, one contact can take care of you for the next three years. Now, you don't even have to worry about what to eat or what to drink. You have more than enough in store. Just one. And hey, does God want to do it? Yes. But many times, we are not. We are too busy. And we're trying to run our lives by ourselves. We are running our lives by information from Google, information from friends, information from ourselves to ourselves. Just the gift. One gift of the working of miracles can settle us. 
And I prayed for someone, like Elijah prayed for the woman, the widow, uh, in First Kings and chapter 17, who said, look, I'm just going to, uh, she's called the widow of Zarepta, or Zarephath. I, I just want to make this meal for myself and my son, for us to eat and then die. Because there was nothing anymore. They were to eat that last meal. It was their funeral meal and then die. And Elijah said, make mine first and bring it to me. And she did. She obeyed. And the man of God said, the barrel of meal will not waste. Neither will the cruise of oil fail until the Lord sends rain upon the earth. And the Bible says, we don't know how it happened. She had a barrel where she put the meal to prepare. She had a cruise where she kept oil. The last oil, the last meal. Yet, it did not finish. They kept eating. The Bible says, she and he and her household ate for many days. Listen, the same God yesterday is still the same God today and is still the same God forever. Can I have an amen? In Malachi 3.6, he said, I'm the Lord and I change not. That's why you sons of Jacob are not consumed. Hebrews 13 verse 8, it said, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today and forever. Amen? If he ever did those miracles, he can repeat them in our days. Amen? Amen? That money will not finish in your account. Amen? How about that? Before you, you are done spending one, another comes in. Amen? That money meets money in your hands. Money meets money in your account. Ideas meet ideas in your spirit. Jobs meet jobs in your hands. That you get so busy, you are hardly able to keep up. Amos 9.13. Amen. And everywhere you look, what do you see? Blessings. Same God. All we need to do is believe. I tell people to say, Pastor, I have a problem. You don't have a problem. You don't have a problem. All you need is believe God. How big is your God? For many of us, our God is so minuscule, very small. Central bank is bigger than your God. For some of you, your uncle is really, if you are going to be sincere with yourself, there's an uncle in your life that is bigger than God. When you have problems, you talk to him first. If he can't help you, then you remember to go and pray. That shows how big your God is. If there's anything that happens in your life and you have to call a particular human being before you talk to God about it, that shows how big that person is. Tonight, so we looked at the New Testament last week. We started looking at New Testament. And we saw that Jesus fed 5,000. John chapter 6, verses 5 to 14. How did he do it? It was through the operation of the gift of working of miracles. Five loaves and two fishes won't feed 5,000 men. But Jesus did it. And I explained that pretty much last week. Let's look at the ministry of Paul the Apostle. Acts chapter 13, from verse 4 to 12. Then we'll read one more account. And that's, how, that's where we close for tonight. Acts chapter 13, from verse 4 to 12. So they being sent forth by the Holy Ghost, departed unto Seleucia, and from thence they sailed to Cyprus. This was Paul the Apostle in his ministerial journey. And when they were at Salamis, they preached the word of God, in the synagogues of the Jews. And they had also John to their minister. And when they had gone through the isle unto Paphos, they found, or Paphos, they found a certain sorcerer, a false prophet, a Jew, whose name was Bar-Jesus, which was with the deputy of the country, Sergius 
Paulus, a prudent man who called for Barnabas and Saul and desired, this man desired to hear the word of God. But Elimas the sorcerer, for so is his name by interpretation. That's Bar Jesus. Which stood him, seeking to turn away the deputy from the faith. <laughs> now, do you understand that, that, that drama, that little drama? That sorcerer was in charge of that province. He was the chief. He was the one holding everybody in bondage. And they couldn't think. They thought he was some big man because of the power that he had. Sometimes when I see the way some Nigerians think and act and defend a lie, especially in the political arena, I know that they are under sorcery. You don't know that a lot of these people don't stand ordinary. They have altars where they bow and they deploy sorcery so that people will defend what a sane person should not defend. And you as a Christian, you wonder that a pastor is defending this. Listen, many times people are under sorcery. Yeah, any pastor that compromises. The Bible says he that breaks the edge, the serpent will bite. When you start compromising as a pastor, little, little things, you lie here and there. You steal some church money here and there. Or you're sleeping with the church girls here and there. You open up yourself to anything. Sorcery can be deployed to hypnotize a people. To make people think in a way that is weird. It is after the deed has been done, then their eyes will open. Up. Okay, well, what exactly did I do? <laughs> or their eyes may never be open until they encounter God. A lot of that is happening in Nigeria, and that's why we need to pray for Nigeria. This country deserves to be free. I mean, this country deserves to breathe fresh air. Fresh. Is, are we the only country in the world? Why does it look like Africa is jinxed? Don't you think about it? People don't do well here. When they go abroad, what they do is ordinary cleaning on the, of the floor. In two years, they are building a house. And this is no credit card scam. Just legit work. And this is supposed to be the sixth largest oil producing country in the world. What is the problem? The problem of Nigeria is largely spiritual. It's not 100% political. Politics is just an outworking of that which is happening in the realm of the spirit. This guy, Elimas, was in charge. He was with the deputy of that entire territory. And see what the Bible says. He withstood Paul. Paul, this man desired to hear the word of God, the deputy. And Paul came to preach. And the sorcerer withstood him like, hey, well, what are you saying? You're not right. And he was a respected man. Imagine if Paul had kept quiet. Imagine if Paul had not had the gift of the Holy Spirit working in him. This, this should make us angry as believers when we are, some of us are paperless and powerless. Because we compromise. They teach, they preach to you on the campuses now. Don't worry, the grace of God covers whatever you do. Let me tell you, no matter what you do, yeah, God will forgive you. But there are certain things you will never taste. 
There are certain dimensions you will never function in if you remain a babe. God won't promote you because the hair, as long as it's a child, is not better than a slave. So you will remain in baby class, 100 level, for life. When God has so much more for you in postgraduate school, you remain in 100 level. When we begin to compromise here and there, the power of God will not flow. God is the holy God. It won't flow through an unholy vessel. If you started out holy, you missed it, and you made that a new lifestyle, God will use it for some time, in spite of you, just to meet the needs of his people, but after a while, you will expire. Because what is flowing through you is holy, and you can't continue to live an unholy life. Mama Gloria Copeland was saying in one of her books, how sweet will it be when that day comes, when a child is having convulsion or something in your neighborhood and you are the only one around and they call on you and you lay hands on that child and you rebuke that devil and that child comes back to life, how sweet would it be? Oh yeah, that would be very sweet. Now, that's some kind of, maybe I can call it, for lack of a better word, compensation for your several hours of self-denial and praying in the secret place and staying there until the, there's a price for power. Let nobody deceive you. Let, look, you don't pick the power of God just living your life anyhow. There is a price to pay. Look at, look at everybody in the scripture that flowed in the power. In the power dimension. If you have ever read your Bible, Luke chapter 4 verse 16, you will see that the Bible says that Jesus returned into Galilee in the power of the Spirit. Where did he return from? He had gone fasting 40 days and 40 nights, tempted of the devil, and he overcame every temptation. By the time he was returning, he was returning in the power of the Spirit, and an explosion, boom, happened in his ministry. He became popular all over the region, from there to the country, and he was making worldwide headlines. There is a price. Who is he that shall ascend unto the hill of the Lord? Who is he that will stand in his holy place? He that has a pure heart and clean hands. Who does not lift up his soul unto idols? And some people are telling you, don't worry, that's the Old Testament, you know. Like God has changed. There's a price to pay. You can't be sleeping with all the girls in church and expect the power of God to be flowing in you. Motivation will flow through your mouth, yeah. But that the power of God will flow. No, that's not true. Some people are even preaching now that you can be committing adultery with a woman and when the trumpet sounds, you go straight from adultery bed to heaven. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I, I, don't, uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know the heaven you will go to. I don't know. Really, I don't know. I am talk I'm telling you what has sparked a debate among pastors. Straight from adultery bed to heaven. People that are preaching, if they are listening to me now or watching me, those of you that are preaching this gospel, please make sure you are manufacturing your own heaven where you are taking the people to. Hyper grace has done a lot of damage. I'm praying to God I have some time to address some of these issues. Scripturally. Let's look at the scripture. Let the scripture speak for itself. We don't need anybody to defend the Bible. The gospel is so simple, 
It doesn't, you, you need an expert to confuse you. And there are many experts in this generation. Especially when people become ambitious. Small, small boys, they want to be general overseers. They, be, they become so ambitious. People that should still be learning. They're already teaching other people. A blind guide. Where will the blind lead the blind? And many, many young people are very sensational when they see a little bit of manifestation of some kind of maybe utterance gift, like the guy can speak, man. He knows Greek and, and Hebrew. Oh, God, that's my father. <laughs> Paul didn't impose himself on the other apostles. He didn't even impose himself on the people that traveled with him. Do you know? Okay, I will show you another journey of Paul in Act 27. That's where we stop tonight. Luke, who was a physician, who was one of the disciples of Jesus, was actually with Paul on that journey. Luke didn't say anything. He didn't heal anybody. The power of God flowed through Paul. Raw! The gifts of healings. And Paul healed the man. The, the father of the, like the governor of that island of Melita, which is now called Malta. The gifts of the Spirit speak for themselves. It's not by you trying to advertise yourself. People do a lot of self-adverts. You know, when I lay, I went to one camp, I lay hands on the people, like they just fell down. I went somewhere, I lay hands. There is nothing in your hands, sir. If God flows at all through you, give him the glory. Amen? See, now there was going to be a battle. Between the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness, the guy withstood Paul. <laughs> oh my. Verse 8. But Elimas the sorcerer, for so is his name by interpretation, withstood them, seeking to turn away the deputy from the faith. Because that was his customer, man. That was a big customer for him. You know, like Nigerian commercial prophets, they have customers who. Sometimes I shake my head and say, Lord, can these customers' eyes be opened so they can come to our church? Let them come to the stone church. Billionaires! I'm not targeting their money, but it would be good for them to be in the right church. Abi, what do you think? I mean, I've anchored events where people, a billionaire will say, my father in the Lord is coming. My father in the Lord. And by the time the man shows up, I say, my God. And I'm very intentional with my words. There was a particular man, a prophet, here in Ibadan, who we went at a program together. I was the MC. And this particular billionaire was having an event for his wife, who was retiring. And I was the one to call him to the microphone. I didn't call him man of God. I didn't even call him servant of God. If I mention his name, all of you know him. He's a popular prophet. Here in Ibadan. I coined some words. I put them together. In, because God will ask me, if I say man of God, the man that God has not called is man, why would you call him a man of God? A man that does not serve God, that you know this one is fake. This one is, is a commercial prophet. You call him prophet of God? No. No. Even if I call him servant, I won't say servant of God. I can say he's a choice servant. Choice. Anybody can be a choice servant to anybody. Are you with me? Don't put off God. When I called him to the microphone and I took the mic, no word to share. 
nothing, no substance. Beating about the bush, beating about the bush, then he rushed to prayer. Then the prayer was from negative to negative, from the beginning to the end. You know that kind of, what the Nigerians call prayer? You will not die. That was the prayer. And you know Nigerians, when they hear something like that, the amen will be very loud. I don't know what is okwebi. I think it's the thread of life. It said the people that cut the thread of people's lives, they will not cut the thread of your life. Who are the people that cut the thread of people's life? Is your own life a thread? When the Bible says my life is hidden in Christ and Christ in God, somebody's talking about thread. Oh. I looked at him like this. I stood behind and said, oh, my name is Ruth. This kind of billionaire should be in Stone Church. Amen? Such was Elimas. A sorcerer who had the deputy under his control. So he sought to turn away Paul and turn away that man from the faith. My God. Verse 9. Then Saul, who also is called Paul, filled with Brakotele Rubadea Sakayadama, filled with the Holy Ghost, set his eyes on him. Look at my eyes, everybody. They are telling you to shut your eyes on people. Some Christians have remained in their sheep nature permanently. There is a time to be a sheep. There is a time to be a lion. The same Jesus, who is the Lamb of God, is also the Lion of the tribe of Judah. First Peter chapter 2. All the, from verse 20 all the way down, the Bible says he was led as a sheep to the, uh, as a, as a sheep uh, was led, uh, whatever. He didn't open his mouth. When he was revived, he revived not again, right? When they were leading him to the cross. But in Revelation 5, 5, he graduated in the realm of the spirit from the sheep nature. The sheep, as a sheep, he was led to the cross. He was revived. They pulled his beard. They slapped him. They spat on him. Jesus didn't talk. As a sheep, he humbled himself to death, even to the death of the cross. But when he graduated in the realm of the Spirit, Revelation 5 5, the Bible says, One of the elders said unto me, Weep not, for the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. As a sheep, he travailed. As a lion, he prevailed. Understand the two. There's a time to travail. There's a time to prevail. You don't watch the devil come to your house and making your daughter sick, making your husband sick, making you sick, and you are gentlemanly. Well, 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 maybe you will be fine. It is well. It is not well at that time. It is time to be angry in your spirit and say, come on now. Geloboriaka, ayadaba. Somebody wants to take your territory and you are there, gentlemanly, you are still a sheep. When married women understand this, they will deploy that power, the power they have. They have almost taken your husband away. It's all right. You will know that men that are, that, anyway, that's not my business. <laughs> back, back here. I'm just telling you there's a time to be quiet as a sheep, but there's a time to roar as a lion. 
Don't watch the devil put sickness on you. Don't watch the devil steal your money. Your business is going down. People are not patronizing you. You have bills to pay and you're quiet. Ah! That's the time to be angry in your spirit. Your family members are falling sick. One is well. The other one is sick. One is well. Ah! What's happening? We are tithers. We pay tithe. We rebuke the devourer. Amen? It's one of the tithers' privileges in fact, tithers' rights. I say to God, God, you said if I pay my tithe, you rebuke the devourer for my sake. So, car, walk well. You can't be taking my money every time. No, no, no. Not this time. Things break down in people's homes and they are quiet. Freezer has broken down. Generator has broken down. Microwave has broken down. Television has broken down. What's happening? And you pay tithe. Look at Paul. Feed with the Holy Ghost. Set his eyes. Look at me. Look at me. He set his eyes on him. Tell them to set your eyes on people. One of my mentors said one guy used to come home to look for his daughter. Always roaming about the daughter. Rigmarole around the daughter. His only daughter. He said one day, called him, young man, sit down there. What are you looking for in my house? He said, I just came to I'm so so and so's friend. He said, sit down there. Then he sat. The boy sat down. He sat opposite him and he was looking at him. He didn't say anything. He was just looking at him. He said, after a while, the boy said, I'm sorry, sir. I'm sorry, sir. I'm sorry, sir. I'm sorry, sir. That was the last time he came to their house. Later, the, the girl came and said, Daddy, what did you do to the boy? He said, I didn't do anything. I just looked. I was just looking at him. He said, Daddy, he began to confess. He had ulterior motives. He actually wanted to do this with me. He wanted to do that. He didn't have the plan to marry me. He didn't, So you can imagine somebody, after some years now, somebody dancing around my daughter. I was just sitting down there. <laughs> I've got that from the Bible. The Bible says Paul set his eyes on him. There's a time to look away from people. There's a time to set your eyes on them. You say, Oga, be very careful. Be very, be extreme. Don't just be, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Uncle is putting his hand where he's not supposed to put it. He said, Uncle, Uncle, I don't like it. Though. I don't like it. I don't. Eh? Eh? Daughter of Zion. It's the time to fix your eyes on him. I said, What are you looking for? I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You better be out, devil, out. The same thing applies to guys, though. Don't just sit down. And then somebody comes to the office. Hello. And they bend down. They bend in a way that's not convenient. They bend in a way that catches your attention. You have been distracted. Are you laughing? <laughs> Do you like what you see? Ah, you are dead. Jezebel, go! In the name of Jesus. Otherwise, they will take your, your very life. The Bible said the adulteress. The, the, read Proverbs chapter 6, Proverbs chapter, Proverbs chapter 7. The Bible said that woman will take you. She's hunting for your very precious life. There are times to be aggressive. Listen to me. There are times to be aggressive. Paul set his eyes on him. And said, Oh, full of all subtlety, and all mischief were those nice words. Answer me, church. Were those nice words? 
Ah, but he's a pastor. How can he be using such words? Ah. Can you see my mentors? I like Yoruba Bible. Oh, full of all subtlety and all mischief. Thou child of the devil, my God. I like Paul. He knew Elimas was a child of the devil and he addressed him as such. You know what they say? Ah, Pastor, you can't be talking like that. Nobody's a child of the devil, everybody's a child of God. Not everybody's a child of God. Everybody's a creature of God. Not everyone's a child of God. Are you with me? Thank you. I'm blessed. Blessed and highly favored. Actually, my, 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 my nose is very sensitive. So, it can, if it picks dust, it can just stop like that. So, sometimes people think that I'm not even supposed to be living in this country. But... I'm here because of you now. <laughs> Thou child of the devil. Look at the words that Paul chose. Thou enemy of all righteousness. Will thou not cease to pervert the right ways of the Lord? He saw into this guy. We don't know whether they have ever had any previous meeting. But Paul was operating by the Holy Ghost. He spoke those words from the Spirit. Verse 11. And now behold, the hand of the Lord is upon thee, and thou shalt be blind, not seeing the sun for a season. And immediately there fell on him a mist. Cataract entered his eyes. A mist entered his eyes. The Bible says, and a darkness a mist and a darkness and he went about seeking some to lead him by the hand. He became blind immediately. And then the deputy when he saw what was done believed, being astonished at the doctrine of the Lord. Can you see that? There was a display of the power of God. The walking of miracles. And because of that display, the deputy and the people that were there believed. There was, a, there was a power play. There was a clash between two kingdoms. And light always chases out darkness. Listen, learn to live ever ready. A combat might show up. A conflict might arise. Anytime. Because you carry light, they carry darkness. And they will try to prevent you. But you must not back down for them. Are you getting what I'm saying tonight? You must not back down for them. You must stand your ground and release the light. Glory be to God. We're close tonight looking at Acts chapter 27. The ministry of Paul. We're not going to be able to read everything uh, because of time. I want to stop exactly at 7 p.m. But I'll tell you what happened. Paul traveled and they, they were shipwrecked. And Luke was in his company on that voyage. Paul had told them, he had warned them, let us not 
take on this journey. But the Bible says they saw the south wind blowing softly. They said, ah, what's this one saying? Let's go, John. They went and they were shipwrecked. And for several days, they didn't eat. They were fasting. Acts 27. Look at verse 33. And while the day was coming on, Paul besought them all to take meat. Saying, this day is the 14th day that you have tarried and continued fasting. Having taken nothing for 14 days and 14 nights. They were having biri biri. They were not eating at all. Paul said, take meat. I told you to travel, but you didn't li- not to travel, but you didn't listen to me. Wherefore, I pray you to take some meat, for this is for your health. This is for your health. People that fast anyhow, there's a time to break home. Paul said, this is for your health. One young man, the sister, the sister, the sister reported him to me. He has fasted all the muscle in his body. It's a bag of bones. I said, you want to fast until you go? You fast off. You know, some people like to look very, they appear very spiritual. They want you to know, I, I'm not interested in all the mundane things of life. I'm just, whoa, I got dakun, you are my I've been there before. I, I know it. You just go like this. You are fortunate you come back. But God says, it's not time yet. There's a, there's a, I mean, you balance it. I fast. I live a fasted life. But then, there's a time to break. There's a time to embrace food. There's a time to refrain. Paul said, this is for your health, oh. Me wanna chop. Chop late. For there shall not an hair fall from the head of any of you. Why are you saying that, Paul? He said, and when he had not spoken, he took bread. When they didn't answer him, Paul took bread. Then he learned and gave thanks. He gave thanks to God in the presence of them all. And when he had broken it, he began to eat. <laughs> ah, he says, this guy crazy. We have been shipwrecked for 14 days. They didn't even see the sun. It was hopeless. A man of faith, a man in whom the gift of faith is operating, receives deliverance in the midst of chaos. He began to eat. He began to eat. And when they saw him eating, the Bible says, and we were all in the ship. 203 score and 16 souls. 203 score is 60. Then 16. That's 276 altogether. 276 souls in the ship. Oh, uh, this guy was there. Luke was there, the physician. He was actually the one that wrote the book of Acts. And when they had eaten enough, you see, because when they saw Paul eating, they also said, uh, uh, some bread there. Yes. He said, uh, you want? Uh, okay. Maybe I begged you to eat. You say you will not eat. This is uh, Iri now. Iri. Iri is food, isn't it? Iri. Uh-huh. Iri. <laughs> anyway, so the Bible says, then they, after they had eaten enough, they lightened the ship and cast out the wheat into the sea. And when it was day, they knew not the land. But they discovered a certain creek with a shore into the which they were minded if it were possible to trust in the ship. If you back up to verse 20, verse 23, this is where I want to stop now. Paul was speaking to them. In fact, from verse 22, let me just read the exhortation of Paul. He said, and now I exhort you to be of good cheer. 
For there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the sheep. We will lose the sheep, but nobody will die. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, my God. An angel stood by Paul, saying to me, Fear not, Paul, for thou must be brought before Caesar, and lo, God has given thee all them that sail with thee. The angel brought that message to Paul. Everybody traveling with you, God has given you their lives. They will not die. But you are going to lose the ship. But no soul will die. Now, the next verse, verse 25. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God that it shall be even as it was told me. Albeit, you must be cast upon a certain island. But when the 14th night was come, as we were driven up and down in Adria, about midnight, the shipmen deemed that they drew near to some country and sounded and found it 20 fathoms. And when they had gone a little further, they sounded again and found it 15 fathoms, etc., etc., etc. Now, what am I bringing out here? In this case, it was not a manifestation of the working of miracles. It was a manifestation of the gift of faith. Paul did not get up to rebuke the storm. A storm came and blew their ship into pieces. It was terrible. Like a hurricane. It blew their ship apart. Now, and there were 276 people on that ship. That must be a massive ship. That's like a plane, like an airplane. In the midst of it, Paul did not get up to rebuke the storm. You remember in Mark chapter 4, 39, verse 39, Jesus rebuked the storm and said to the sea, be still. Do you remember that account? That was, sorry, excuse me. That was the operation of the, the, the working of miracles. Jesus rebuked the storm. The storm listened to Jesus. The sea listened to Jesus. Because the gift of the working of miracles works a miracle. But the gift of faith does not work a miracle. It receives a miracle. In Paul's case, the storm blew its course. It blew, blew everything, blew everything until it was tired of blowing. But Paul received deliverance. Are you getting what I'm saying? Can you see the difference between Paul and Jesus now? In the case of Jesus, he addressed the cause of the chaos. Storm, sea, calm down. And they listened to him. That was the operation of the working of miracles. But in Paul's case, he didn't get up to, to address anything. He didn't rebuke any storm. He didn't rebuke any wind. He didn't even rebuke the sheep. He just believed the word spoken to him by God. An angel of God appeared to him and said to him, Paul, so, so, and so will happen. Don't worry, you're going to be fine. And he believed that against all odds. Now, don't think that was cheap. Have you ever been shipwrecked for 14 days? Can you imagine your car breaking down between the southwest and the north? on the express, on your way to Saokoto, and you are there for 14 days in the bush. Now, that's horrible enough, isn't it? Now, can you, you are on land, though, on land, dry ground. Imagine being on water, on the sea, high seas. They didn't see the star. They didn't see the sun for 14 days. And 14, in fact, at some point, they didn't know where they were. It was a case of hopelessness. But in the midst of that, Paul received deliverance. So I can say to you safely that while 
the gift of the working of miracles can go ahead and address the source of trouble. The gift of faith will give you peace in the midst of trouble. Can I have an amen to that? Stand on your feet, everybody. Let's call it an evening right here. Glory be to God. Let me stimulating the faith of his people and astonishing and confusing the unbelief of the world. The gift of working of miracles is an amazing gift. We should all covet it. We want it in our church. Working of miracles. We want it in our lives. Do you guys want it in your lives?